to win it. Surely has done. Marco Tilio. Two goals on the night. Reward for a scintillating second half display. Tulio with acres of space. Tulio! They left him all alone. And Marco Tulio said, Adelaide, do you not know what I'm capable of? It's not over yet. Shutter. can really begin tonight they have silenced the critics tonight they are champions of australia yes hello again good to have you with us for another edition of the global game two hours of football chat heading your way between now and 11 o'clock here on sen and here's what's coming up We'll review the final round of the regular season in the men's competition as the prizes and the punishments are handed out. We'll look ahead to a huge week of finals football with Alex Wilkinson of Sydney FC as they prepare for a big finals derby against the Wanderers. Alicia Carnabas will review a rather one-sided A-League women's final which saw Sydney FC crowned champions once again. The holy grail of trophies, the football ashes, have been found. What does it mean for the game here? Historian Ian Sison joins us. Spencer Pryor on the Premier League as Manchester City and Arsenal's long run as frontrunners. And Paul Williams on the first leg of the Asian Champions League final with the second leg to come this weekend. It's all to come over the next couple of hours on the global game right here on SEN. Yeah, great to have your company this Tuesday night. Simon Hill and Alex Brosk and Alex Molchanoff all in the studio tonight. And as ever, we've got a prize giveaway for you, a Global Game T-shirt, beautiful as is as well. Uh, thanks to Strip Tease for the best uh, texter, caller or tweeter of the night. So give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Send a text 0457 736 736 or you can tweet us at Global Game SEN. Evening, the two Alexes. Simon, good Alex. to see you. Simon, Alex. Simon, nice Alex, Alex, Simon. <laughs> now, Mr. Bross, let's start off with this one. We've got a, uh, a text in already from Paul. Hello, gents, says Paul. Last night I saw a video of a beardless Alex Brosk, amongst others. His teammates on the pitch were Marco Rodam when he was still Mark, uh, Mark Milligan, Steve Corica, and Tony Popovich, in brackets, captain, in light white jerseys and light blue shorts. The focus was refereeing, says Paul. Uh, my two favourite clips were, one, the beardless and very young Mr. Bross getting a yellow card, and two, Steve Corica getting a straight red card for a stud's <laughs> high tackle on an opposition player's leg. And the referee was Mark Shields and a partridge in a pear tree. Thank you very much, Paul, for that text. Do you remember that game? Was that against Adelaide? Um, I well, I saw that correctly text come through and quickly Googled uh, those players and Steve Corica red card. And what came up was, was a victory. Melbourne victory. There you go. At home, 1-0, 25th minute 
Thanks for that, Bimby. Made us run for 75 <laughs> with 10 men. How, how long? We lost one nil. How long? Well, it must have been a long time ago if you didn't have a beard. How, how long have you had the beard now? Oh, I started growing it in 2016, June right. 2016. And and you've had a trim every day since because it's always since. pristine. Immaculate. Every couple yeah. of hours. <laughs> Grows that quickly. Rich barber. Uh, and uh, not quite as grey as mine. Uh, Alex Molchanoff, you've had a good week. Sheffield United promoted. It's nice. A little less of a wait than between the last one where we got relegated to League One after Carlos Tevez, of course, um, oh, illegally yes. sent us down. So, yeah, it's all <laughs> been a, a little more spring and roses this time around. It's been good fun. We just yeah. missed out in the playoffs last year. Um, very happy to be automatically promoted and not have to go through that uh, stressful time. Right. Well done, Blades. Mm. That was my best Yorkshire accent. Uh, let's get into it then with Starter for Five. Here we go. Question one, Alex Bross. The Sydney derby in the finals. The biggest derby ever or the 61,000 in 2016 means I can safely say, yeah, whatever. No, given what's at stake, this is undoubtedly the biggest derby yeah. ever, I think. I think the 60,000 at, at ANZ was special because of, obviously, the build-up. Round one, there were some comments made in the in the lead-up. But, you know, the fact that there were that many people is what made it big, you know, looking back at it. But it really was just another regular season derby. This is a final. It's never happened before. And the winner sends the other team off for an early holiday. So outside of a grand final derby, this is as big as it gets. Now, you're going to be there on Saturday, of I will, course. I will. Are, are you going to – like, do you get as fired up for the derby – off the field as you did on it? Uh, not as fired up, but I still get very passionate about it mm. because I still hear the comments. Right. And I still see You still the, cop it. Exactly right. Exactly. I still <laughs> see all the family that support them and don't support them. So, and just see the comments from either side come leading into it and it just makes my blood boil. So, yeah. for me, it's the same. Which is the way it should be yeah. on Derby Day. Uh, question two, Alex Molchanov. 9,000 plus, the biggest crowd for an A-League women's grand final. The sale of the showpiece event to Sydney is vindicated or no, it's a long way from being legitimated. Uh, look, it's a long way from vindicated. Let's right. put it that way. Uh, I think 9,000 plus to a, a women's game of football in Australia is a big achievement. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, something to be sniffed at, even under the circumstances and even with the fact that I'm, I reckon the majority of those tickets would have been given away. Um, getting that many to a final is fantastic. Now it's about building that you know, week to week, we've had attendances well below four figures for most of the season mm. for a lot of the women's games. So building that crowd has got to be the APL's next task. And to be honest, I think it's difficult with the way the trust is with supporters at the moment. I think they've really got to reach out and find a way to make this grand final saga work because yeah. what we've seen this week with the, the fact that the All-Stars aren't going to be coming back, what is the festival of football going to look like. It, it all ties in together, it's, doesn't it? It's an issue, isn't it, Broski? Uh, the the All-Stars, as we're led to believe it, it's not quite dead yet. They're saying they're still trying to, you know, get something over the line, but it doesn't look like it's, it's going to happen. And sometimes there are difficulties with this. They try to get by in Munich. Now they couldn't, I think, come to a financial agreement, yep. although Danny Townsend has, has denied that, say, that the money wasn't enough. Um, I, I think from the women's perspective, they were certainly trying to get Barcelona here, but they're now through to the Women's Champions League final, so that's not possible. Um, it's tricky, but 
if you promise a festival of football, right. you sort of got to deliver it, haven't you? Of course, of course. And that's the frustration, I think, for the fans. I mean, I guess, um, you know, in making the decision that was made, we understand it and, and, and it was told to us and that things were promised. So, yes, I mean, when you don't deliver on promises, regardless of what it is, mm. people are going to be frustrated. And I think there was already that frustration there. The fact that, you know, if we'd had these teams coming and, and some sort of festival, then... It, it probably would have made things slightly easier. But the yeah. fact that that hasn't even happened, you know, it's tough. Maybe we'll still get that festival. Let's let's certainly hope so. And yeah. I, I, look, I have gone record. I, I think a good solution, whether the destination New South Wales would be interested in this, I don't know. But uh, a good solution to this impasse, if you like, over the grand final would be to play it over two legs. Have, have the, the home leg hosted by the team that earns the rights or, you know, mm-hmm. did in the past. And then the second leg in Sydney. That, that would appear to make sense to me. But, um, you know, contracts are contracts, and obviously that's that's tricky. Uh, question three, Alex Brosk. A home for the Socceroos. Long overdue, or given the landscape in Australia, we just have to make do? Uh, no, it is definitely long overdue. And, look, I read the comments that Arnie made um, regarding, you know, this, this very issue. And, and, look, to be honest, he's got every right to be angry. You know, the government has spent... In reading the article, $1.7 billion creating new stadiums and high performance centers for NRL clubs in the last seven years. You know, mm. $240 million has just been agreed for a new stadium for a team that doesn't even exist yet in the AFL in Tasmania. Um, and you look at our sport and how much has been given to football. Now, we've got more kids playing our game, more overall participants playing our game across all ages, yet it's always AFL, NRL that get all the funding, you know, and it is disgraceful when you think about it. It makes you wonder how these decisions get made and where the justification is. I mean, all these politicians, government officials, you know, they like to throw a Socceroos scarf on, you know, and get all their media ops in when the Socceroos come to town or play in a World Cup, Mm. you know. Look, and, and they'll be up at all hours of the morning, like the rest of Australia, watching the Socceroos playing in a World Cup. But, you know, how many of them were watching Australia in the Rugby League World Cup two years ago in England? You know, how many of them were waking up at the same time? So yet our boys can't get a home base. So when, when you go into the breakdown of how much gets thrown at other codes compared to ours, mm. it really makes you wonder how how they get away with it. Annika Wells, the, the sports minister, did say a couple of weeks ago that uh, football is not united when it comes to lobbying. It doesn't right. present with one solitary voice like the other codes do. And you, you can imagine, look, I don't know how the AFL present their case, but I would imagine it's pretty slick. It's pretty, uh, you know, on message. Yep. And they go in with a bit of money to partner up with governments as well. They've got better connections than we have, it appears to me. Um, maybe we've just got to get a whole lot smarter at playing this game. Um, that's not to say that we don't deserve that some of that money, and I, I totally agree with your comments, Broski. And Graham Arnold, who's uh, you know in the newspaper again today, saying that we need a high-performance centre uh, for, our, for our national teams because they play all over Asia and the other codes don't, which is completely true. Um, but I, I think it's a bit of both, and we've certainly got to get better at this uh, lobbying game if the, if that's what it is no i agree I, I i definitely agree with those comments but to a certain extent because it, it can't be all about going and, and pleading your case yes you have to have reasons but when they're throwing the sorts of money that they're throwing to other codes yeah when you look at how yeah, many yeah. people play yeah. our sport doesn't isn't there justification but it's always been there? that way isn't it it's always been that way and it's good that we're talking about this because mm. You know, we have to stand up for our game mm. on this. Otherwise, it's well, going right. to stay the we, same we for, be, for decades you know, and decades. It's taking Arnie to jump up and down and make Absolutely. some noise. And you're right. We Absolutely. need to make more noise. 
Uh, question four, Alex Molchanoff. Sheffield United promoted, as we say. The Blades are about to do a Brentford thing or they'll only be up for three seasons, autumn, winter and spring. A little less important, I this, a little less important this one. I I, I, unfortunately, one. the pessimist in me says the, the latter. Yeah. We're not as strong a team as the one that got promoted last time and made that incredible run into the top half when everyone doubted us. With it's, Chris Wilder as manager. It's manager's. not yeah. that strength of squad, but I think we have a chance of staying up. Um, and if we can build off the back of that, like Brighton, Brentford, then fantastic. I think it's a club that's fairly well run at the moment. Um, certainly better than some of the clubs that are swimming around the bottom. Absolutely. That's probably your best one, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, that's one of your best. Very, very good. Uh, by the way, text from uh, Mark from Wollongong just on the previous question. Hey, boys, as a rugby league man, I know where the game stands in the world. This is why I love football, the world game, and it's an absolute disgrace uh, that soccer has not got a home. Thanks very much for that, Mark. There's a few other texts coming in on uh, different topics as well. We'll try to get through as many as we possibly can tonight. Uh, before that, question five, Broski. Man City's win over Arsenal. The Premier League title is done and dusted. Or hold your horses. The table may yet be readjusted. Well, I mean, you'll be pleased in a way to hear it, but I don't know if it's a good thing given the way that I've uh, predicted a lot of things this year. <laughs> but I do think it's done and dusted. I, I think for, uh, you know, and Spenner will say, there's a lot of twists and turns yet to come yeah. when we speak to him later. But I, I, that was the game for me. I thought if Arsenal had found something, with the form that they were going into that match with, if they'd found something and been able to get a, get a result, um, that may have had them okay. But they got hammered. They did. And but you done. never know. No, it's done. You never know. It's City have got... Champions League against Real Madrid, two legs, and then the cup final, and then the Champions League final, potentially. Look at him um, playing it down now. Yeah, yes. exactly right. Well, exactly you right. know, I've got to try and do that, guys. <laughs> okay. I've got no to try and be magnanimous. Hey, we've got a caller on the line. Who have we got, Alex Molchanoff? Uh, it's Mark from Quakers Hill. Mark from Quakers Hill. Hi, Mark. How are you doing, mate? How are you, Mark? Hi. How are you, guys? Very good. Very good. What's your question or, or your statement? Good. Well... I've basically got three quick questions oh. for you. As a devoted Rangers fan, I was really angry that they didn't come out to Australia last year for the uh, Super Cup. And reading over an article here, it says, uh, Rangers fans were displeased where the, uh, at the prospect of it when they, in a 2-1 match against Dundee, threw toilet rolls onto the pitch as well as expressed their displeasure. <laughs> yeah, they did. And the article yeah. really doesn't specifically state why Rangers didn't come. So I'm wondering, question well, one, yeah. do you guys know specifically why they didn't come? Well, I think, I think Mark, that the issue was not just with Rangers, but the, two, the fans of the two clubs, Rangers and Celtic, uh, didn't particularly want to play uh, a game on the other side of the earth. Now, there are different reasons for this. Uh, Celtic have got some issues with Rangers not being uh, the, the true, um, you know, Glasgow club that they once were because of what went on with the Sevco in 20, when was it, 11, 12, all that nonsense. Uh, so they don't recognise it as an old firm game, which is uh, as what they were, you know, billing it as. Uh, and I think also there was some some pushback from the other side. And I, look, I don't know how much this is just supporter, you know, rivalry, um, but it certainly spilled over into into officialdom that uh, Rangers didn't necessarily want to be part of a bill that was being sold on the back of Ange Postacoglu, of course, is the manager of Celtic. So I think I think that had something to do with it. Uh, and I have to say also, just speaking from a neutral's point of view, which I completely am. I, I'm not sure that the Sydney authorities here quite understand the magnitude of a Celtic Rangers game, even if it's a pre-season friendly 
on the other side of the earth because they were going to put it as a seven o'clock kickoff on a Sunday evening with fans sitting next to each other. Can you imagine? Yep. I mean, goodness me. Yeah, I can imagine. After, after a day in the pops, <laughs> I don't I know, think I so. Uh, so that, that's my best yeah. sort of explanation, Mark. What was your other question, mate? Okay. Well, my other question would be, I believe Sydney FC can take the championship this year, and I'd like to get your guys' opinion on that. And third, I'm a big Nottingham Forest fan. Right. And do you guys believe that uh, Forest can avoid relegation this season and stay in the top flight? for next year as well. Okay. Broski, you can deal with the Sydney question. Um, look, I, I do think they've got enough about them this year. I, I've said it all season long that on paper, um, it's a fantastic squad and there's enough experience uh, and you big game experience. I, I definitely really? think they can. Yes. I From definitely fifth? Think they can. No yeah, regardless of where. I, look, okay. I always thought, I thought that last year, I thought yeah. last year if they'd scraped in, they're as good a chance as anybody. And I still think this year they, they've done well to pick up some form heading into the finals now. Um, and, and again, that squad, I think there's enough big game players that can get up for these uh, these moments. Okay, big call. There you go. You heard it uh, from the horse's mouth here. Uh, in terms of Nottingham Forest, Mark, I can't say that I think they're going to avoid uh, the drop. They are in the bottom three. I know they're level on points with Leicester and Leeds, um, but they can't win a chook raffle away from home. So that's the big problem. So sorry, Mark. Thanks for your call and for your questions. We're off to a quick break. On the other side of it, we'll review the final round of the regular season in the men's competition.